It's the boy, Bubba, let's come in through Ella Clutch, flawless, can't be touched It's your boy, Bubba, let's Yeah, I need that hot take I need the truth and everything that is not fake So tell me who's the girl Welcome back, Bubba Bunch, to another edition of the Bubba Let's Sports Podcast It is episode 224, and it's been a while We've gone through a strike on YouTube We moved over to Twitch for the streams We've done some awesome things over the last few weeks including a new type of video that is doing phenomenally on the channel we reached over 100 subscribers we're gaining traction on twitch so um, before we get into this video i want to say thank you uh, for all the support all the love as of the last few weeks has been amazing it's been just really nice to see everybody close to me and even some new people come in and show some love to what I want to do for a living and what I'm doing right now. So thank you very much, and I appreciate you guys so much. So keep it up, share, like, subscribe, do all that stuff as we uh, roll on. But this is the nitty-gritty, the nitty-gritty of what we have done over the last few weeks. We've done some film work prior to the NFL draft, but this is where the real work starts. It is the post-draft draft class review and it starts with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were the number one overall draft pick in this year's draft. I did this last year for like a week or two, and it was just a weird time in my life. So I didn't get to all 32 teams. This year is going to be different. I'm going to try as hard as I can to get to 32 draft classes in uh, like a month, really. So every day you should expect a different draft class evaluation. And every night we are on twitch.tv slash and we are doing a film session on every single team's draft class. It started with Jacksonville last night. Tonight, as I'm recording this, it's going to be the Jets. The next day, it's going to be the uh, the 49ers and so on and so on. So let's start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. With their biggest needs coming into this draft being quarterback, obviously Gardner Minshew is not cutting it. And he's... Looking around in free agency, but it looks like he's going to stay in Jacksonville. They also need a tight end, which they addressed late in this draft. Defensive line, safety is probably one of the most important things outside of quarterback and offensive linemen. you got to protect Trevor Lawrence. So, I think they did a good job of picking at those holes and trying to fill in those holes. There are some picks that I'm not necessarily in love with. Uh, and then I skipped the last two, which was the tight end out of Ohio State. Makes sense. Urban Myers from Ohio State, but he may not make the roster. They got like four or five different tight ends on this roster. Who knows what they're going to do? And then a wide receiver, uh, uh, Jalen Camp, I believe. Um, but like with these guys, they're maybe going to be as good as a special teams unit guy or barely make the roster. So I, I don't think that's very important right now when we're evaluating a draft class. These guys that I'm looking into are either going to be starters from the jump or they're going to be key additions to this team that are going to impact their success over the next few years. So we start off with the number one overall draft pick in Trevor Lawrence. This was the guarantee of the draft. And outside of Zach Wilson, maybe, this, this was like... You didn't even need to go on the clock. It was Trevor Lawrence from the jump. It makes sense because Trevor Lawrence is just the best quarterback in this draft. Hands down. There's no doubt about it. Talk about a dual threat guy. 
that knows how to use his feet, but is a pocket passer at the same time. He loves you and his arm just as much as he uses his legs. He's very smart. He's got experience at the college level. He's played for a great program in Clemson with Dabo Swinney that recruited uh, Deshaun Watson. And the play is impeccable throughout his entire career at Clemson. He's not lost a regular season game. He's only lost in the playoffs, but he has a natty to his name. This guy is the real deal. Sunshine is alive and well in Jacksonville. There is no if, ands, or buts of of anybody else being the number one overall draft pick. It was Trevor Lawrence from the jump. And Urban Meyer, who has played against this guy, game plan against this guy at, at Ohio State, he knows what this guy is capable of. He's seen it firsthand how dangerous Trevor Lawrence can be even after adversity of getting absolutely throttled by an Ohio State player in that college football playoff in 2019. This guy is the real deal. So Trevor Lawrence, number one overall draft pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars, A++. There's no doubt about it. There's no weaknesses to this guy. Him alongside Joe Burrow, these guys are guarantees at the pro level. At number two, their second pick in the first round, this is where it gets a little bit chippy. Late in this first round, Jacksonville still has another pick. Around the 20-ish range, Najee Harris just goes off the board at Pittsburgh. Love the pick. We'll get to it in the near future. A lot of the speculation and rumors say that the running backs aren't first-round talents or they should not go in the first round. They, they can easily pick, be picked up in the second round and... No one batted an eye. You know, these are great players. These are great running backs. But maybe first rounder is a bit of a stretch and a reach for these guys. I disagree. I, I think Najee Harris was a first round talent compared to some of these other later first round guys. Najee Harris is also one of those guarantees in this draft. Next up, Jacksonville. You're thinking offensive linemen. There's still a lot of great offensive linemen on the board. Maybe a, 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 the first overall safety in this draft. Thinking... Trevon, uh, Trevon Morig, or I don't know, maybe a corner. You're still pretty high in the draft pick uh, as far as what you can get out of the secondary level. They go Travis Etienne, who was my second overall running back in this draft, was teammates with Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. I think he's an A player. The grade on Travis Etienne is an A. There's no doubt about it. This guy is experienced. Mileage might be a problem to a lot of people, but for me, that was an issue with Jonathan Taylor, who was balling out in Indianapolis. It's not going to be a problem for Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. It's not going to be a problem for Travis Etienne. This guy knows what to do. He's a first round, second round, or first down, second down, third down back. He can do everything, catch out of the backfield. He's what the embodiment of what a running back should be in the NFL nowadays. There's only a few exceptions, and that's like Derrick Henry level, to where you can only run the ball, you can't catch the ball. But you are starting to see a lot more teams look for a running back that can not only run the ball effectively, but can pass catch out of the backfield. Aaron Jones, even Najee Harris in college, um, like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, these guys are impeccable because they are dual threats at that position. Travis Etienne is one of those guys as well. So A for the grade on this player, and especially with that relationship he already has with Trevor Lawrence, it makes all the sense in the world as to why you want to bring them together. They know their own system. They know their own kinks. 
And if Urban Meyer can figure that out into a new system in Jacksonville, well, these guys are a one-two punch that is really phenomenal. Then you look at it as far as the extent of, like, it's James Robinson and Travis Etienne now. James Robinson was a 1,000-yard rusher last year, and he went undrafted. He was one of the most, like, dark horse guys in the NFL last year, but he honestly, in my opinion, should have been a candidate for rookie of the year. This man was incredible for playing on such an atrocious team last year. He was really fun to watch and he's only going to get better as time goes on. So now you have the one-two punch there with Robinson and Etienne. But this is my concern with it. You picked up Carlos Hyde in free agency, who is a good veteran back, who has had some really good trials with other teams like San Francisco and Seattle. He's a good veteran backup. So why now have three running backs and two of them are starters in the NFL? Unless you're going to go with the route of Urban Myers running a two running back set to where you see a lot more of like Kyle Shanahan doing around the league. It's helped out a lot of teams throughout the years. But unless that's what you're going to do, I don't know if going running back in that situation in the first round was the best idea. I think there was plenty of backs in this draft around the second to third round level to where you could have gotten a running back two. Like Michael Carter out of North Carolina was perfect for that situation, or even Javante Williams out of North Carolina as well. These guys are perfect for the running back two situation to go alongside James Robinson. Any of those guys would have been just as effective as Travis Etienne would at like a 20-ish uh, 20-ish pick in the first round. I love that they added another playmaker to the offense, but I just don't know if that was the right idea in the late first round. Maybe it wouldn't have been Travis Etienne because he wouldn't have been there in the early second round, and you also wanted to go defense from this point forward. And you went with one of the best guys on the board. However, I think there was other running backs that will fulfill that hole or idea that you would like to do in 2021 that didn't have to be that high. I think Michael Carter would have been a perfect um, example of that in the second or third round to where you would have been like, okay, he's going to do the same things that Travis Etienne would be. Maybe not at the same level, but it's a it's a depth chart running back. And, and any great running back that is athletic and can catch out of the backfield, like like Michael Carter has some drop issues, so maybe use him as just like a decoy. But I, I don't know, man. I just really don't think this was the best idea. But overall, this is a great player. So maybe the knock on him isn't worthy of a less than A grade on this pick. As we move on to the second round, this is just pure pure defense from this point forward outside of like maybe one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They go cornerback out of Georgia, Tyson Campbell. I give this grade a B. Look, this guy is really close to being polished and pro-ready. There's some some things that I still want to see him work on, and especially one thing in particular that I'll get into in a second. But let's talk about what makes this guy really good. His length, it's a very good counterpart to C.J. Henderson. C.J. Henderson is shorter but speedy. I mean, this guy, is he was the fastest cornerback and one of the fastest guys in the NFL draft last year. Had a rough rookie season with injuries and the development, but I think he'll upgrade his play in, in the second year. This guy is kind of the counterpart to that because he is much taller, 
He's 6'1", but he still has a lot of speed to him. Maybe not to the level of C.J. Henderson, but this guy is what you would like in a prototype cornerback. Length, speed, great agility, and the instincts, man. The instincts when he's looking at the quarterback, tracking the ball. He has a great change of directions when it comes to his mind-to-body connection. This guy has wide hips, very open, and his footwork is just amazing. I think this was a really good second-round pick for them. Not the best cornerback on the board, but definitely a top-five cornerback in my opinion. The film speaks for itself. I think he did a really amazing job at Georgia, and he's a solid tackler, man. Really consistent and reliable when it comes to the tackling ability. Very aggressive in some of those tackles, too. He makes it known and present that he is going to be there all day long. And like I said, doesn't have everything down yet. Um, I, I do like that he is very confident in his press coverage as a corner. Um, I, I saw a lot of like zone coverage to where he was really just there. I, I didn't like that he was playing zone. I like this guy to be very upfront, very aggressive, press coverage, and be in the face of this wide receiver all day long. I think if you work through those struggles, maybe at first, of him being at press coverage, maybe he gets beat a few times, which he did in college at, at some times, I think he will get through those kinks and be even better as the years go along. That only weakness that I saw in film was the wide receivers found success when they went to the outside. They would find a lot of separation in between him and Tyson Campbell to where that quarterback can throw to the sideline. And if it's a good ball, maybe a great ball, that's a catchable thing for the wide receiver. If Campbell can really shorten up that gap in between him and the wide receiver on those outside runs... I think he can really put it all together in his second or third year. It's definitely a fit for Jacksonville with, with what they want to do at the secondary. They want to rebuild to what they did a few years ago with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. They want those two solid cornerbacks to make you rethink or question what decision you're going to make as far as throwing down the field or throwing to a, a specific receiver. So Campbell may not be great in his first year, He'll probably start at some point this year, but I think in the second or third year, this guy can be really good and, and really take over as far as the top corner in this uh, this Jacksonville Jaguars secondary. We stay in the second round with the fourth pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Stanford offensive lineman Walker Little. I give this a B minus. It's another type of project. For Jacksonville, maybe not as polished as Tyson Campbell, so I give him a lesser grade for that. He's a better run lineman than passer. I think he has more upside when it comes to run protection. Was definitely improving from 2018 to 2019. It was cut short, though, because of his knee injury that ended his 2019 season. So there's not a lot of film to really look at past like one game against like Northwestern or something. I can't remember which team he went against in 2019. It might have been Oregon. might have been some. I don't know. I can't remember. But it was definitely an improvement from 2018. Some of that 2018 film looked great. Some of that film looked really bad. And it looked like a guy that was just not strong enough not experienced enough to go against some of the big boys in Division One. I. I will say, if you're looking at Little and his film, 2018 against Notre Dame was some of the worst film that I've seen in a very long time out of offensive linemen. That was just a weird game for him. But then you look at some of the highlights across his 2018 season. He looked way more uh, strong 
and more consistent in his anchoring. And as far as winning the battles in the trenches against some of these other power five schools. So the Notre Dame game was really an outlier in the bad film when it comes to little, as far as the issues that I see, maybe we could work on at the NFL level anchoring for sure. Uh, he struggled with the bull rush a lot against stronger defensive linemen and the edge rushers where they had a lot of great hand techniques. I mean, he got beat almost every single time, especially against Notre Dame that has a lot of great athletic guys coming at you, bull rushing. But the hand techniques really got to him. In the 2019 film, I didn't see a lot of that. Like He improved as far as containing the hand techniques and getting blown past by. So maybe a year or two away from football, working on those things and getting ready for the NFL we could see a lot of improvement that we just didn't see in college at a little. So I'm excited to see what he can do. He's a backup uh, left tackle right now in the depth chart. But I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starter at some point this season, maybe later in the season. And going into 2022, you could see this guy be a starter on this offensive line. They needed depth so they could use a guy like this. And if, if it's a project, he doesn't need to be the starter day one so you can work on him. Especially with the new system at Urban Meyer. I think he fits the system well. So given some time, it may take a little bit longer than Campbell would on that defense. But I think Little's a, a really good prospect out of the second round, late second round. So B- minus, pretty strong for an offensive lineman. Not the best one, but definitely not the worst one that I've seen. So into the third round, this is where my least favorite pick comes into play for the Jaguars. Their fifth pick is safety out of Syracuse, Andre Sisco. I give this a C. Now, it's not because I think he's a just a bust at all. I see what people mean when it comes to the potential of Andre Sisco. I see it 100% in his highlights. But look, it's just not consistent enough for me to think that this guy is going to be a bona fide stud at the pro level. What I mean by, like, I could see it on the film, his ball hawking, like, abilities... I mean, they're phenomenal. I mean, this guy tracks the ball better than most other safeties in this draft class. I mean, he's got a lot of interceptions. He's batted a lot of balls, pass deflections. And his first two years at Syracuse, amazing film work out of him. This is a boomer bust, though. So it, it can either be he's one of the top five safeties in the league over the next few years. Or this guy is going to do nothing for this team. I'm leaning toward the fact that he's going to be a bust in the NFL. The film that I saw that really just didn't convince me was angle positioning when it comes to closing in on rushers or receivers. When they would have an angle on him and apparently his 4-3 speed would make up for it, they would blow past him. And some of the effort, some of this like, lack a days ago like positioning and tackling ability really put me off because this guy just like seems to just not give it a hundred percent on every single play not according to xavier woods you're not going to give it your all on every play i get that but what i saw in the highlights compared to what i saw in the film like the actual film of games i i was looking at two different players i and i'm seeing this guy intercept every bad like ball thrown by a quarterback. These guys are, are just falling down and throwing it up. Of course, you're going to intercept it. He's going to 
capitalize on your mistakes. If you're a bad quarterback, oh my God, this guy is going to be all over you all day because he has a better instinct as a quarterback than some of these other bad quarterbacks do. He knows what decision you're going to make because of how bad you are, and he will make you pay for it. But against some of the better quarterbacks, I don't think this guy stands a chance. And especially against a a speedy, athletic running back or wide receiver that has the speed over him, this guy is going to struggle. So, I mean, look, I don't don't know what happened from those first two years of Syracuse to his third, but I just, I don't understand what happened because I saw a lot more film to say otherwise that he is a bad prospect with that bad positioning and closing in on on uh, rushers or wide receivers and lack of, of tackling. And you're not going to get a guy out of like, I don't know, Wake Forest throwing at you every week. You're going to go against the Aaron Rodgers. You're going to go against the Patrick Mahomes. Those guys are going to make the same mistakes. You may get a, a one, two interception season out of this guy, but I think this is going to be a bust for the, for the uh, Jaguars, but I will say, if there's any player that I'm going to be very wrong about, it's probably going to be this guy, because everybody loves him, I just don't see it, you can show me all the highlights you want, but some of those are just like, okay, he got an interception on a guy that made a bad decision, he'll make you pay for that, but as far as a Jamal Adams type safety, I just don't, I don't see it, I really don't see it, especially this 4-3 speed that they're talking about, he's one of the fastest and I'm like, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Uh, moving into the fourth round, we got defensive tackle out of USC, Jay Tufele, B minus. Look, I did some research on this guy. He comes from Utah, and out of the Pac 12, you see a lot of the guys from like Samoan descent. I don't know. I don't know if this guy's out of Samoan descent, but I'm telling you. There's something about Samoan defensive tackles on the inside that just make me just salivate. I mean, they they just make my my mouth like crave this type of player. I love nothing more. This sounds really weird. There's nothing I love more than a Samoan descent nose tackle or defensive tackle. These guys are ferocious. These guys are feisty. I love them. I love him so much, and this is another great example of it. Not the greatest talent. He's not a Vita Vea type of guy or some of the guys that are coming out of Utah these last few years. But Tufele, relentless, feisty, finishes every single play, which I love out of a bigger dude like that. He's a big dude, but he finishes every play. He's always in the mix. You'll never see him outside of like 5 or 10 yards away from the play. He knows where the play is going most of the time. There's some plays where he just digs in, bull rushes, and and kind of like gets away from it. But if he can really slow it down a little bit as far as his decision making when it comes to bull rushes, this guy is relentless, stays in the play, constant feel of pressure. He's never away from the ball. He won't stack up the sacks numbers. Like he's not going to be a sack guy in the NFL, but can be that presence inside that Jacksonville needs. I mean, just to be there. He's not going to be a starter from the very beginning. I think he's going to be a really great backup for the next few years. And if he progresses to a different level, this guy's going to take over this defensive line. He's relentless. I keep saying that, man, because this guy just goes and goes. He he just doesn't stop. 
and that's what that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars need, man. Think about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense like four or five years ago. These guys were just physical. These guys were nonstop. They didn't let up on an offense. They need to get back to that. They need to get back to a to just a physical defense. That's what made them great and, and made them playoff contenders, really. So with Urban Meyer and his new coaching staff, we'll see what happens. But I think this is the type of guy you would love to have in your locker room. And you, you may forget about him. You may not remember the name. He may not be a Hall of Famer, but this guy is a really great prospect in the fourth round. And I'm going to love him. I'm going to remember this guy because you know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Samoan descent. But that name matches what I see in previous years. This guy is relentless. He, he fits the bill. That's all I'm going to say. So a B minus, not the best prospect, but I, I like him. And their last pick, outside of the ones that we're not going to talk about, is defensive end UAB Jordan Smith. I give it a B. This guy. He's a freak of nature. I love this guy. Uh, he he really reminds me of what they wanted in Kalevon Chase on last year. I mean, freak of nature, lengthy wingspan, just long legs, and just a it's a specimen, really. And in the fourth round, you're not going to get many of those. They they wasted a first round pick on Chase on last year. They get this guy in the fourth round, but. This film was really fun to watch. I really enjoyed it. Now, let's just briefly mention that this guy had some off-the-field issues very early on in his career. Committed to Florida. Was going to go to Gainesville. Turns out he's involved in a credit card scheme or credit card fraud scheme. And so transfers or it gets suspended indefinitely. Transfers over to UAB. Definitely a work in progress. This guy's not ready to be a starter. This guy's not ready to be the pass rusher of the Jaguars a work in progress project this is probably the best project out of all of these guys for the Jaguars so far is Jordan Smith 66255 looks slim for 255 though I think it's just because of the length this could end nicely because this guy is a monster at the point of attack once he tunnel visions on the ball there is no stopping this guy whatsoever he gets his hands on you just just give up. This guy will wrap you up and will punish you for being in some way, shape, or form in his way. Constantly tracking the ball. Burst on the release at the snap. Subpar. He makes up for it, though, by acceleration and just closing in, man. This guy makes up for those very bad early starts in the in the snap especially when he goes one-on-one with some of these offensive linemen and tackles. He doesn't have the best hand technique. Uh, he can stand up or um, lean on his hands. Um, but he, I think he's got a lot of work to do as far as winning those battles with his hands. Maybe he could bulk up a little bit more despite despite being 255. But like th- this guy is a real freak. And like I said, at the point of attack... There's no stopping him. Once he gets past that block, he reads these read options very well. He's a very good decision maker when it comes to that and wraps you up easily. Um, what else do I have on him? Eh, the past uh, off-the-field issues. I haven't heard anything or read anything as far as what's happening right now. I think he's cleaned himself up uh, since that incident. So the fourth round where we start to dwindle on these prospects being potentially really great 
I think they did a really good job of getting a guy that fits the bill in Jacksonville. And if, if they can develop him in three to four years, let's see what happens if they want to invest that much time in him. They still are waiting for Kalevon Chason to really develop. I think this is the next project after Chason for the Jaguars. If he can put it all together, though, this guy will will definitely be fun to watch. And he comes from a good program at UAB. He did a lot in that film work that I saw. And yeah, fun to watch, man. Really fun to watch. He, he stands out, especially uh, on the defensive side. You'll, you'll see it in film. Like He just stands out compared to everybody else. But I do like the pick. Don't love him to give him an A. Don't hate him to be a C. I think he's right in the middle with a B. So overall, I think Jacksonville hit the home runs with Trevor Lawrence. They're going to do great things with Travis Etienne, but I don't know. I, I just don't love that they got him in the first round. I don't think that was necessary. And these other guys, we'll see what happens. They're going to their first year with Urban Meyer. They're going to a first year with an entirely new system. A new atmosphere in Jacksonville. So I don't doubt them in the in the least. Or I, I don't... What's the best way of saying this? I'm not going to pressure them to go on a winning record this year. I don't think they're going to have a winning record, even with 17 games. I think, much like the Jets, if you can get, I mean, way more wins than one. That that's a good starting point, but I think six to seven wins is doable for for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, shit, they're gonna have two wins because they're gonna play the Texans twice a year. So that's two right there. You're already doubling what you had last year. But I, I think they'll show potential. They'll be an interesting like prototype team. That has a lot of athleticism. That has a lot of like potential to them. It'll, it's going to take some time. And I'm just kind of still worried about Urban Meyer and his mental health or, or his health, I should say, with like his migraines and, and all of that. We'll see what a year in the NFL does to him. It's not going to be smooth sailing from this point forward. But I think watching Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne with James Robinson in the mix as well will be really fun to watch. There's some weapons that he can throw to as well. Don't undermine this wide receiver core, man. Like, they got Marvin Jones and free agency, but LaVisca Chenault is going to be fascinating to watch. DJ Chark as well. And this defense, I want to see CJ Henderson develop. Let's see what Chason does in his second year. And with these new guys, I want to see Tyson Campbell, see what he can do on the opposite side of the ball. I think this is a really fun team to watch with a lot of athleticism. They're not going to put up wins, but let's see what progress they can do. In their first year under Urban Meyer. I think five, six to seven wins. Very doable. I'm going to say realistically, let's start with five wins. I think five wins is a solid start for this Jacksonville team. And going into the following season, maybe even a even to to winning record slightly. Like above 500. You know, we're not going to get eight and eight teams anymore. But eight and nine, nine and eight, and 2022 that's what I see the Jacksonville team doing after another draft and some other development in their defense. But overall, let's give them a B. Let's just give them a B because I think most of them are Bs. Um, they, like there's the bad, like Cisco for me. There's the great Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. But a lot of these other guys are Bs. Still works in progress. Some better, some worse in development. But we'll see what happens. All right, this is going to do it. 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars draft class evaluation. We'll come back the next day with Zach Wilson and the boys, what they're doing in New York with the Jets. Keep in mind, we're going to be doing this almost every day, hopefully every day. But you know your boy. Can't promise anything. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Bubble Up Sports Podcast. Yeah, hold on. Tell me who's your top five quarterbacks right now, dead or alive, huh? And how much do you care about a ring if the best player got carried by the team? Mm. Now, would you lose if it been a better draft pick? And do you cuss when your team get their ass kicked? Now, do you keep it classy or you keep it ratchet? For the man with the magic. Now, who is he? It's the boy.